I'm Melissa White, and this is The Spirit Room. This is a place for seekers that find themselves intrigued with working with the unseen world. I'll bring you insight into my life and work as a medium, interviews with people that I find fascinating, and also provide you with some tools to help you implement a beautiful life in partnership with spirit. So I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy what spirit has in store for us. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. It's me, it's Melissa White, and I'm pleased to be back here with you. I hope everyone is well, and I wanted to just touch base and let you guys know how things are going. Definitely, there's been a ton of activity. I've got a lot on the go as far as creative projects, and I would say it's interesting. For those of you that write or that create I'm so in awe of what it takes actually to conceptualize and then bring something into being, like actually create and to not be weighed down with expectation or with perfectionism. I feel as though it's been such an interesting time for me to really get over myself when it comes to putting things out into the world. And so it's been good, I think also super healing and therapeutic, but at times almost painful, painful to kind of go through all of the all of the steps involved. So I'm creating and I think I've mentioned this before, I am creating my own oracle deck and then I have some other ideas and things on the go that I'm putting together. So it's been busy with those things and then trying to balance with the already very busy schedule with the teaching and the readings. And I think sometimes people don't recognize what goes into the preparation for readings and what goes into the preparation for teaching. So all of that requires time and energy in the moment. But then of course, there's also the preparation. And so it adds up. And so when you then look at day-to-day life and responsibilities with kids and school and activities and all of that stuff, there isn't a ton of time left over. And so it's about really prioritizing. So that's what I've been trying to do over the last while, especially since the kids went back to school. My daughter is, we're not homeschooling her this year. She's gone back into her conventional school. And so I'm just trying to organize myself a little bit more when it comes to making sure that there's time also for the creativity, time for self-care, and all of the other stuff. So that's basically where I'm at. And really, I wanted to check in as well, because I feel as though some of you are definitely struggling with the same type of issue where you have things on your mind, you have things in your heart that you would like to create, you'd like to put out there into the world or that you'd like to do and discover for yourself. But it can feel daunting and overwhelming when you're responsible for all kinds of other people, all kinds of other things. And so I think it is a choice. I think it's a choice that we make and sometimes it is a sacrifice. So I just want to put that out there if anyone needs to maybe hear that at this moment. But 
the topic for today for our show is how to have an awesome reading, but not only as a sitter, like as the client, but also as the reader, because I feel as though there's some pretty common mistakes that people make as far as receiving a reading and also in giving readings. So if you are open to hearing and having some insight into this, I would invite you to just get comfortable, get cozy. Maybe you're listening to this and you're doing your housework. Maybe you're out for a walk, driving. If you're like me, you're driving and listening to your pods. But just get comfortable and let's let's chat about it. So the number one thing I can suggest or that I could say is when we try to control the outcome, this is actually a big mistake. It's a mistake to do it as the reader, and it's a mistake to do it as the client. Many times we think that we know what should happen, which thirds should show up, what they should say, how the reading should go, (laughs) and that kind of energy and that kind of intention really serves to create a division, a block. And so we're actually robbing ourselves from the experience we could have by imposing those kinds of expectations. Okay. So as much as you can, as the recipient of a reading, you want to go into it with an open mind and an open heart and recognizing that you don't know everything and neither does your reader, (laughs) but that whatever is meant to come through, whomever is meant to come through, the information that is going to be helpful is going to be presented to you, but you have to be open and willing and ready to receive it. Okay. So that would be my number one point. The other thing is sometimes we complain that we don't get signs. We don't have dreams about our loved ones in spirit. And then we get into this victim mentality or poor me kind of mentality where we feel slighted or we feel forgotten by spirit or we feel like we're the only one who's not having a magical experience. And what I would say is that if you're not giving yourself an opening, if you're not giving the spirit world an opening into your life, then it's going to be difficult. It's going to be harder for them to make themselves known to you. So the other part of that is when we complain and we focus on it so much, it only serves to amplify that energy. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you constantly tell the universe that you don't get signs and that you don't have dreams and you don't have magical experiences, then that's what you continue to create. It's the vibration. It's the energy that you're putting out that is actually perpetuating it. So it doesn't help anyway. So you do want to focus on what is good and what is positive and choose your words carefully about that kind of thing. The other thing I would say is to slow down. If you are constantly busy, constantly on the go, if you're never sitting in silence, in quiet, in stillness, if you don't have a moment to breathe ever, there's not really a good way for spirit to make themselves known to you. We're working on vibration. And so the physical world that we live in 
It's a pretty dense vibration, especially I would say right now it just is. But the energy in the spirit world is a bit of a different, it's a different energy. It's a different vibration. They need to manage and kind of bring their energy to a point where they can for lack of a better word, like come down to meet us. And we then have to raise our energy a bit and our vibration a bit in order to kind of come to that place in the middle. So you do have to meet halfway. And in order to do that, you really do need to intend to do that. But you have to give yourself time and space to do it. It doesn't have to be long or rigid or complicated. But you do have to stop and and breathe and and actually do it. So instead of complaining and getting a negative Nelly about it and feeling sorry for ourselves, we actually have to do something about it. Okay? So I understand that it's tough because you have to want it, but then you can't want it so bad that you become obsessed and that you're trying to control it. So it's very much like life. So much of mediumship especially, I feel, is just like life. If you try to control it, if you are too involved in getting in the way, it's, it's not going to work. But also if you sit there passive and, and don't leave your house and expect everything to just come to you, that isn't going to work either. So the theme is really meeting the universe halfway, doing your part, and then also surrendering control and allowing the universe also to work with you. I also think... When you're a student or when you're somebody who is working with or trying to develop your abilities, if you're not being grateful for what you do get and where you're at on your journey, then I think that's a mistake. I, I see a lot of really amazing growth in students and I see, I see breakthroughs all the time, but I almost feel that sometimes people get kind of greedy when it comes to what they want and what they almost demand from spirit. I've seen people, not so much my students, but I've seen other students in in development that have been like, if I don't receive names accurately every time I do a reading, I'm not doing this anymore. It's almost like they barter. they, They kind of have these like deals bargaining with the spirit world. And I just feel like that energy is not helpful. And also, we have to always come back to this place of remembering what a miracle it actually is every single time we make a connection. And I know and I get this because I have perfectionist tendencies. Perfectionist does, perfectionism does come to visit me at times as well. And it's something that I've had to really look at through my studying intuitively and my spiritual journey. I've had to look at it. And I get the need for quality. We want to do the best that we can. We want to be as helpful as we possibly can. And it's the pressure of all of that that I think can get to us. So I'm not faulting anyone for wanting specific information. I mean, this is, yes, this is part of the goal. But I think when you start, it's all in how you communicate that and how you energetically approach the spirit world. I think if you're going to be demanding as a client or demanding as a reader, 
it's not going to work. You know, that's just not, that's not going to work. We have to look at the spirit as a friendship, co-workers, co-creators. We're in it together with them. And so I would say stop with the demands. I think that's one thing I could really suggest. No demands. Let's work together. The other thing is comparison. And it really is the thief of joy. I really, truly believe this. Lots of students will compare themselves to other people in the class. And it is so detrimental. And it's not really fair to do that because you have no idea how long someone has been developing, working on a particular part of their work, their craft. You have no idea what life experiences have led them to this point. We don't always know the backstory. And so we look at someone else and they do something that seems effortless or it's just so easy or so brilliant and beautiful. And we think, oh, I don't do that. I can't do that. Or how? why can I not get that same type of connection? And I think instead of looking at it from a point of view of comparison and making you feel inadequate or allowing yourself to go down that rabbit hole, spiraling into self-doubt and insecurity, why not look at someone else who does something brilliant or has an amazing connection and just send them appreciation and love and kind, be grateful to experience that and be happy for them. Be happy for them that they had that moment because that kind of energy opens your heart. The comparison and the sometimes envy or energy that's like almost too low, it's just the vibration is going to drag you down. And so it's kind of like when you see something like that, just say, oh, wow, it's amazing that someone's shown me that's possible. And you can, you can admire it and you can keep it in the back of your mind that, oh, that would be something amazing for me to explore. I'm open to that. Like maybe that's something I could also look at doing. But recognize each person has their own unique abilities and their own unique specialties. There are some things that I, I look at my um, colleagues or I look at people that do this work professionally that are well-known in the like almost like mediumship celebrity types. And I just feel like, oh, wow, like some of the things that they can do and they can offer it's, that's their specialty. That's something that is part of their own unique soul's DNA. And then I look at myself and I think, oh, maybe it's not the same, but definitely there is a specialty that I have. And there's certain parts of the work that I do that I feel no one else does. And that's the way it should be. We are supposed to be unique. We're not supposed to be cookie cutter. And we're not supposed to be. We're all here for different reasons, different purpose. And also, so many different people have different needs. So, of course, it makes sense that we're all going to have our own unique specialties. So, I think it's helpful just to try and see it that way. On that note, I would say putting famous people on a pedestal, or anyone for that matter, um, is, is kind of a mistake as well. Just because someone is well-known does not necessarily equal that they're better quality at their work or that they're more evolved spiritually. That, that doesn't actually, that's not what it means, okay? So there's many reasons. Now, oftentimes, yes, if somebody is well-known, 
they have a reputation. Of course, that means that there's likely many people that have had amazing positive experiences and that word of mouth speaks for itself. But you have to keep in mind that no one, it doesn't matter if it's a teacher, a tutor, somebody who's on TV, somebody that's been well-known in the media, not to put anybody on a pedestal because at the end of the day, they're all still just human. We're all human and we're all fallible. We can all make mistakes. We all have things to learn. And so it's just important, I think, to see that, to see that in, in all of us. Because I do think sometimes students think that if they study under someone who's famous, that it somehow gives them more credibility as a student or as a medium. Like, oh, because they've studied with someone that's well-known and famous, that automatically makes them good or better than somebody else who hasn't. And although, I mean, I have studied with people who are very well-known and definitely famous in the mediumship world, that's not the reason I chose to study with them. And it certainly doesn't make me feel like I have more credibility because of that. The credibility comes from the hard work, the dedication, the daring to keep going, to keep trying, putting myself out there in the world, being vulnerable, all of those things. The work itself is where I take the credibility from. And of course, I've gained so much from the studying that I've done, but it's not because the teacher has been well-known. It's because the teacher is an incredible teacher and also because I've also put in the work. So that's what I would say. So just, I think I see it in the mediumship community where people really almost, it's like a flex. If you have like a a certain teacher or famous teacher, or you've gone here, you've gone there, you've done this, you've done that. At the end of the day, the work speaks for itself. That's what I would say. And I wouldn't discount someone who is quietly doing their work, working by word of mouth. Maybe they don't have a huge social media following. Maybe they don't constantly go live. Maybe they're not glossy in all of their promotional materials. But that doesn't mean that their work isn't valid and amazing. So just try to keep that in mind. I think this time in life, so much of it, so much of what we see is just like extra. When it comes down to it, it's like you have the skills or you don't. You genuinely care about people or you don't. That's what I think actually really matters. If you're receiving a reading, your client If you're rushing around, if you're late, if you're not settled, if you show up to a reading frazzled, rushing, it's not good. It's not great. It doesn't, it's not helpful because your energy really does have an effect on the reading. So as much as you can, of course, I understand life happens, but as much as you possibly can, you want to give yourself enough time so that if you're on the phone or Zoom, you want to make sure you're in a place that's pretty quiet and private. You want to have a chance to take a few deep breaths beforehand, be settled, do what you need to do. If you've got um, like kids and stuff like that are young and they need your attention, it would probably be, I mean, ideal, best case scenario to have either this scheduled at 
nap time or like when you know that they can be occupied maybe with someone else in the house that can kind of keep an eye and watch them or something like that. Obviously, that's not always possible. And trust me, I've done tons of readings where kids have been present and very vocal and it's fine. We can do it, of course. But I'm just saying, if at all possible, it's it's nice to give yourself, it's not for me, it's not for the medium, it's more for you. Like, Give yourself that time so that you can be not worried or feeling frazzled or feeling bad if your child is needing your attention. So it just makes sense to prepare yourself as much as you can. I think that's important. I do this also. I ask people, please, not to drink alcohol prior to or during readings. And this is mostly for groups because I know, of course, people want to have a get together and sometimes they want to have a few drinks and sometimes people want to relax. They're like scared or nervous about this group reading. And I get it. I totally get it. And I'm not, I don't say no alcohol to be like a party pooper. I say it because from experience, what I've noticed, and this is just for me personally, I know other people, there's some, I have a call, at least one colleague who does these groups in restaurants and things like this. And they drink, you know, alcohol is part of the meal. And she doesn't seem to have a problem with it. It doesn't seem to affect her. For whatever reason, for me, in the past, what I've noticed is that it really does affect me. So like if if, peop- if my clients have been drinking prior, I also feel in my own personal opinion, ethically, it's not really ethical in my opinion to be reading for someone who is under the influence of some kind of substance. In my opinion, that person then is receiving information that they need to be able to understand, they need to be able to process it. And I just feel as though alcohol does lower the vibration. And I think that makes it more difficult. And also it's just, it's nice to have that clarity and it's nice to have the energy be as ideal as it possibly can be, right? So it's just about creating like the best case scenario. And the reason I put out this list, and I mean, I have a list of quite a few guidelines to follow, and it's not to be a prima donna and it's not to be over the top or demanding or just, there's so many things that I feel like I worry it's going to come across that way. But really, the reason I put that together and I send it to people is because I want as much as I can to create the best experience possible for both of us, for you as the person receiving the reading and also for me. So if we're going to get together and have a miraculous, magical experience, and we're going to call on the spirit world and invite them in, I feel from my point of view, the least we can do is show up and be our best and not be drunk, (laughs) okay? Or not be trying to get drunk. I I just think that it's like a, a small amount of time, a group reading, an hour and a half, two hours out of life where we can just maybe not have some drinks. And then afterwards, go for it. Enjoy. Do what you want. But that's my reasoning behind. So I'm just trying to make it as good as I possibly can for you. I also think it's really important that you do not tell your psychic or medium any information before the reading. So sometimes people message me and say, I just lost my father to cancer. I really want to connect with him. Can I book a reading? 
And I would say, please don't do that because you're taking away some of the evidence when you're telling someone, this is who I want to connect with. If you want to have the most authentic experience, then just don't give that information up front. It's also the reason why I don't show up to group readings early. Well, I do. Honestly, I'm always early. I usually am just waiting in my car. It's a ritual. I like to sit there. I do a few deep breaths. I have my chat with spirits, the whole thing. And then I go in right on time. And the reason I do that is because I don't want to sit there and listen to a group of people chat away about life because then when I go to give the reading, who's to say that you're not going to think, oh, well, I did mention my son and his baseball before the reading started. And then that comes up in the reading from somebody in spirit. And all of a sudden, that information isn't really evidential anymore because That's something that I knew in my logical mind because I heard you say it, right? So it's just a way to kind of make sure that I don't hear the chit chat. I don't know anything about you. I usually, especially for groups, I just have the host's first and last name and the address of where I'm going. I don't know ever how many people are going to be there or who these people are. I don't get the guest list ahead of time. So it's not like I know anything. And so this way it is kind of nice just to come in totally fresh. It's much easier for me to not know anything. So that is what I would offer you just to keep that in mind. I also think if you haven't grieved a bit first before having a reading, this can be detrimental. So everyone is different and it depends on the type of loss. But what I would say is if you are in the shock and in the heavy, intense grief stage, a reading, I feel like you would want to give it some time because my worst fear is that what if you were not quite ready to have a reading? You come, it doesn't work because the energy is too heavy. The vibration is still too low. You're just in that grief so strongly. And then you're feeling desperate. You want the connection, the communication so bad. And what happens if it doesn't work? Then, you know, the your person that you're looking for doesn't, doesn't come through or the communication doesn't happen or you're disappointed. The evidence isn't as clear or as good as it could be. That would be devastating. And I would absolutely hate to see someone come for a reading and have it make them feel worse than they already do. So you know yourself best if you've grieved a little bit or not. I think finding support, therapy, groups, support groups for grief, friends, family, there's all kinds of things that can be helpful leading up to the point where you would feel ready for a reading. And I kind of feel that if you want to have a reading, The way that you can tell if you're actually really emotionally ready would be if you're able to say, okay, I'm going to book this reading. And if this one specific person, if I don't get connection or communication with them this time, I'm okay with it. Doesn't mean that you'll be happy about it or that you'll like it, but you'll be okay. Like you can say that you won't break down. You won't, it won't be a suffering on your mental health. 
So you have to kind of be okay with whatever happens. And if you are at that point, I mean, I can almost guarantee the person that you're waiting for is going to be able to come through. You're going to be able to have that communication, but you have to be ready and willing to experience whatever happens in order to get that communication. And I get that that's kind of weird. Like the whole thing, it's energetically kind of this strange, it's a strange conundrum. I I, I can't even really explain it except to say, in order to get the specifics and the thing that you actually really want, you, you have to be willing to accept that maybe it won't happen. And once you get to that point, then it's like, oh, it probably will happen. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that is something I really wish I could share with so many people. The other thing I would mention is that if you come into a reading situation and you are purposely trying to trick, mislead, or be dishonest with the person that's reading for you, I would say probably nine times out of 10, it will backfire and it'll end up where you won't be getting the proof that you wanted in the first place. And I don't know why. I think sometimes people want to disprove. I think sometimes people are very angry because there are people out there that do this work and either think that they're very talented and believe that they're very talented, even though maybe they've not done enough work on it and it's, it's not good quality. Or there's people that actually know that they don't have an ability, but they figured they're going to put themselves out there and they do try to be fraudulent. I would say most of the people that I know and that I've encountered are doing this because they feel called to it it's a service, it's a vocation, it's something that they want to be helpful. They want to genuinely bring you the best experience that they possibly can. I'm not saying there aren't people that are fraudulent. I'm sure there are. And I I know there's people like that in every vocation, in every job, you know, imaginable. You can think of there's, yeah, of course, there's people that are dishonest and there are people that are out to really prey upon the vulnerable. And that is, that is difficult. It's hard for us ethical mediums. It, that's difficult, but it's something that I think you almost have to, you almost have to trust your own self, your own instinct. If you're going to book a reading with someone, I would hope that you have some kind of resonance with them, that you feel you could trust them to some extent, even if you haven't met them before. They they will have good, positive word of mouth testimonials. They'll have maybe something that you've seen, a body of work, videos that you've watched of them, maybe podcast, whatever. But you'll have some kind of rapport that will either speak to you or it won't. But if you're going to take the time, energy, pay the money, to go and do a reading, just don't waste the reader's time. If you're there to disprove, if you're there to purposely trick them or test them, it's a huge insult to a professional in any vocation if that's the energy you're going to come. It is a huge insult. And also, energetically, you're making it so much more difficult and so much harder. So you have to ask yourself, why are you? what is the purpose of you having this reading? Why do you want a reading? 
And if it's for any other reason other than you want some healing, then I don't know. I think you have to look at that. You have to look within. I've had a few experiences, I would say over the years, only a handful, but definitely experiences where people have purposely tried to trick me to see if I would notice, to see if I would call them out. An experience where they'll tell me, I'll have something come through. I'll tell them what I get. They'll say, no, no, that's not true. And then I'll find out within the course of the session that it is true, either by their friend who's sitting beside them, who actually calls them out on it, or some other experience that I had recently where it it just, it was revealed to me by someone else as well. So it just doesn't leave, it doesn't leave a good feeling and energetically you're just, you're making it so much more difficult and confusing than it has to be. And basically it's a waste of energy and time. So I would just say, take a look at that. So trying to trick or deceive is not really the way to go. It's not the way to get the reading that you're looking for. I also think asking questions that you already know the answer to. When I ask a client, okay, anything you would want to ask your loved one or anything you want to know about, I'm assuming that this is like something that you honestly don't know or that you'd like to hear more insight into. What was the color of my grandma's bathroom walls in her house? Like, Okay, that is information I could probably get, but you know, it's kind of you have to look at why. Like why are you asking that? If it's just almost like that proof. Now, if you want to have a password, I, I know that there's lots of people that will say, okay, password is pumpkin. If she says pumpkin, she brings up a pumpkin during the reading, then I know it's real. I know she's legit. And if she doesn't, then I know she's not. And I would say when you're putting that kind of energy, that kind of pressure on it, it's likely you may still get it. It may still come through, but it's likely that it won't just because of that energy. However, if you have have a thing with your loved one, recently I had a, a group and I was connecting one of the women with her grandma in spirit. And the grandma mentioned hummingbirds as a sign and the client was like, Oh my gosh, like before she passed away, she told us she would bring hummingbirds as uh, her sign to let us know that she's with us. So it was kind of like a predetermined, a predetermined kind of thing, like password type thing. But I think the reason it came through and it came through that way is because the client was not in her energy being restrictive or negative. She was just kind of like, I don't think she was even thinking like, oh, if she doesn't say hummingbird, then it's not my grandma. She was open. She felt and experienced what was coming through and she remained open. And that's why I think that sort of password was able to come through. The minute you start trying to pinpoint or trying to direct what you think the medium should be giving you, you're kind of disrupting the flow And also, it puts most mediums into their logical mind real quick because we're like, oh, crap, like this person is not believing this is their grandma. I have to get this right. If I don't get this right, then all of a sudden she's not going to believe this is her grandma. Her grandma is here. We feel such an, not an obligation, but a responsibility to the spirit person. Like we're not sitting there worried about ourselves. We're sitting there worried about the spirit 
We don't want to disappoint them. And we also don't want to disappoint you. So if you don't want us to go into our logical mind and get it wrong, then give us a little bit of breathing room. Give us some trust, like surrender, just go with it and see what happens. And kind of the amazing thing is a minute later, I was on to someone else. I was reading for another lady in the group and I just happened to glance up and out the window and there was like a high, like high windows, but like the there was curtains. And then at the top, there was like an opening. So it was just like a small bit of window that I could see out. And it was a stormy day. But this little hummingbird just happened to land right on the feeder outside the window, just after I spoke to this lady about how her grandma uses the hummingbird. And she told me, oh, yeah, that's what she told us she would use. So it was kind of amazing. It's one of those things where you're just like, well, can't you can't make that happen. That's just something that was orchestrated by spirit. Otherwise, I think getting stuck in your head, getting stuck in your monkey mind, that's something as a as a reader, that's the difficulty. Always being able to bring yourself out of that, coming back into being open and present in the moment. So definitely all of you developing mediums and developing intuitives You want to be practicing sitting in meditation, sitting in the power. It's a discipline. And what it does is it trains you to be able to go and hold a link, even when there's distraction, even when there's difficulty, even when there's challenges. And also it trains you for life to be able to do the same thing. So it is important as much as we might groan about it. There's a reason why most teachers are going to encourage you to have some kind of practice like that. Be open to the magic of the unknown. Trust whatever you're meant to know is going to come through. Be honest in your responses. Use your voice when replying, like in a reading, instead of shaking and nodding your head to say yes or no, or I don't know. That vibration is helpful. It it's definitely keeps the energy flowing. Enter into your appointment with a positive, receptive energy and attitude. Relax and breathe and just experience it. See each time as a new experience. And I would say you don't need to compare readers either. Every single one of us has something unique to share and offer. And so just because somebody brought through a certain person with certain information doesn't mean that every single other reading you get is going to be that way or is going to be that person or is going to be that information. A lot of the time it's based on what you need in that moment. And so I would say just relax and see what happens. That's the very best way to approach it. So I do hope that's helpful. I hope that really answers some questions for some of you. It's one of those things that I think it's important for people to understand that you do have your intention is key, whether you're giving the reading or you're receiving it. And so really just know that does make a powerful difference. Otherwise, I'm hoping that you're well and enjoying life. Certainly reach out if you're interested in learning more, if you want to develop, if you feel intrigued. Definitely don't have to want to do it professionally in order to take my classes. They're very much about spiritual development and also working on your own soul's growth and developing your own personal intuition, as well as your own personal relationship with the spirit world. 
So bringing spirit into your life. And so that's what it's about. So I'm happy to chat. If ever you want to reach out, send me an email, melissawhitemedium at gmail.com. And we could set up a time to chat on the phone or Zoom and just see, yeah, see what the possibilities are. And the other thing is the magical membership is still open. So if you're looking for a three card oracle reading monthly, access to a group reading on Zoom every month, as well as a meditation that I post to the group uniquely for our group every month, as well as you do get priority booking if you do want to book a reading or if you want to do some development classes or whatever, you will, as a part of the membership, you do get that priority. So it's lots of benefits, lots of perks, $34.99 a month, and you can cancel whenever. So it's not anything that you're locked into. So definitely if you have questions about that, please do reach out and I can get you set up. But I would leave you all with that. I was thinking I might want to pull a card for us. So whenever you're listening to this, wherever you are, this message will be for you. Quite perfect. So it says energy flows where my intention goes. I mean, it doesn't get much better. It's quite perfect for what we've been talking about. That's from The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein, that deck. So I wish you love. I wish you a beautiful connection with yourself and with the spirit world. And take good care and we'll talk to you soon.